Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. The Human Phoenix, written by Captain Capslock. A phoenix is a long-lived bird that cyclically regenerates or is otherwise born again. Associated with the sun, a phoenix obtains new life by arising from the ashes of its predecessor. And from the ashes... Armageddon came to us by way of angels. At least that's what their name translated to. The Arachian are a living contradiction. Their name derived from their own religious texts, referring to themselves as angels. They felt as one of the first species to the galactic stage that their presence within the Milky Way was an act of divinity itself. And as it always goes... They that believe themselves to be the messengers of divinity end up being the messengers of hell. The other races did not object, for they could not object. They will, for the Arakian is the way. Without any warning, when within the first decade of our first contact, we were attacked. The Rakian gave us no chance, laying no conditions for surrender, gave no option but death. Our fledgling space force was no match against the millennia of technological progress, and the Arachian quickly silenced any resistance in low Earth orbit. Then the rains began. An estimated 10,000 orbital drop missiles fell onto the Earth within the period of one hour. Some nuclear, and then it was done. With the task at hand finished, the Arachian departed the sector and were never seen in Sol space again. The end. There is no happy conclusion to the story. We lost. The attacks turned our planet into a sphere of ash and tainted water. Humanity is extinct and for decades the Earth is a silent tomb. Yet, silent as it is, the world still spins. Our ball of ash orbits that's home star, and the changes in temperature and season still generate wind. Somewhere, after an unspecified period of time, the winds sweep up the ash coating to reveal a solar array. Beneath those arrays is an underground bunker, and with rows upon rows of power storage. Deeper still, deep within the tainted earth, creatures lurk. The creatures are beings of pure intent, single-minded in the single purpose. Every creature has lost everything and everyone it holds dear. Taken in a savage moment of apathy, every creature has memories of windswept plains, green hills, and playing with its young, of meals and conversation shared with others. The appreciation for our art, our music, our propensity for love. These memories, pure in their nature, are an unlimited source of hatred for these creatures. Every recollection leads them through a series of emotions, ending in rage. 
Always rage. The soul of a race come online, and the creatures have the power to do what they planned for decades. Underground, in their desperate lair, they turn the blades to themselves, removing flesh and bone, replacing them with metal and wire. Drones emerge from the earth, seeking any and all Arachian technology that they have been abandoned in the genocide. And they work, and they rip, and they tear, and they replace. Many suffer, many die, but there are no regrets as the work continues. This work is everything. One intent, single-minded with a single purpose. One hundred years pass, and the world still spins as a gray sphere of ruin. Snippets of data collected from the void indicate that the galaxy at large has forgotten mankind, and did not even inquire as to why they were removed from the galactic stage. No species stood up to the Arachian, then demanded to know why so many lives were taken. Heathens, they are guilty of the devils who destroyed us. Weak, pathetic. The windswept plains, the children, the joy of a morning spent with your kin. Under the blanket of a warm sun, grass, sky, earth, home. All removed, stolen, robbed. Everything is gone, replaced by a longing and a pain. They took it all from them, and now they will take it back. An eye for an eye was bare. The creatures agreed that the universe deserved to be blind. And from the ashes, an abomination. The twisted creatures rose up from the core of the earth. They resembled the species of earth in form, but they were a mesh of flesh and metal. Yet the real difference is what they were inside. The human is a balanced creature, capable of great evil and much as great good. The abominations were vessels of hate and vengeance alone. They had altered themselves in such a way that they could survive the wasteland of their home, and this cost them their humanity. As they removed the flesh within them from metal, so too did they remove their empathy, compassion, and mercy. And on the surface, they again begin to work. Tireless, unending work. An abomination now, but one day soon they will have wings. And then those who sought to destroy them will, within the black of the void, see the flaming beacon of death and despair shining bright for all. End of story. Story number two. Nobody wins. By N.P. Marley Here we are, child. A monument to the greatest hero in the galaxy. No, I'm not kidding. But yes, it is a joke. The greatest joke ever played, in fact. And if there's anything we C.O.T.s can appreciate, it's a good joke. Yes, as in the Lanky. Good to know that you've been paying attention to our history with our brothers and rivals in humor during class. Being the only two races to evolve on a binary planet system makes for some very unique history. Anyway, every sapient race in the galaxy has something that they, as a race, do better than any other. That's not to say individuals of that race may be better or worse than those of another in any given task. 
but they can and are, and each race are naturally talented in a certain field. The Bartok are the best at police work. The Vorheen are gifted in the arts of war. The Warg and single combat. The Vulcan are disciplined logic machines, at least until you get one drunk. The Wisp are the most unified hive mind ever discovered. The Adden are practically unmatched in math, though I am assured that the pun in their name is entirely coincidental. The mythical first race was supposedly gifted at learning. We, the Ciote, are supreme in the arts of laughter. Our brothers and rivals, the Lackey, are without peer when it comes to the arts of trickery. And the dreaded Lith, other the telepathic powers, are masters of domination. The Lith are the first important race in the tale of the hero, because they have the power to control, at least in part, the thoughts of other sapiens. The strongest amongst them can do so a great distance provided that they are aware of the target. One of their favorite tactics is to contact an enemy and force them to do what Lith want, almost always involving a victim providing the Lith with detailed intelligence on the area, that including something that cripples the victim's defenses and leaves them open to the Vorheen invasion forces. So, I suppose it is no surprise to anyone that they made a point to dominate the most warlike and bloodthirsty races in the galaxy before attempting to conquer the rest of said bloodthirsty races as their army. The tale of the hero starts sometime after the warg defected from the Lith Empire. That event is a tale for another time, but it involves a second important race in the tale of the hero. Humans! Humans are, at first glance, an unfocused race who are good at most everything, but not best at anything. In this case, a human diplomatic team was visiting our home planet when the Lith decided to invade. Well, honestly, it was less of an invasion force and more of an extermination force. Given the armaments the Vorheen Armada that jumped in, they fully intended to class our home planets. The human diplomatic team wasn't ready to give up, though, regardless of the fact that our homeworld standing forces couldn't hope to repel such an attack, nor were any reinforcements close enough to give aid. That alone would have been enough to cement their place as honored allies, but they did better than they just try and stand their ground against the superior force. The head of the diplomatic team insisted on being the one to contact the Lith Admiral personally, not as a final gesture of defiance, but as a part of a plan to actually turn away the invading armada. The humans intended to win against hopeless odds. You see, the talent of the humans is a problem-solving. It is a very interesting and multi-purpose talent that allows humans to stand as peers with the talents of other races, not necessarily all the time, but often enough to take notice. It also allows certain individuals of their race to, in sometimes a stress or need, gain a moment of supreme clarity that will may surpass any race with their own talent in order to reach a solution. This particular human, faced with the Vorheen invasion armada, 
far in excess of our homeworld's ability to defend against life. General, who would command his obedience and truth from halfway across the solar system, came up with the greatest and most amazing joke ever and proceeded to play it on the Lith Admiral. He told the Lith Admiral about the hero, and one older than any known living sapient who had discovered forbidden secrets and had already infiltrated the Lith's general command ship and was even then rigging his engines to explode. The Lith Admiral Falfred, after all, why wouldn't he? His powers could compel the truth from even the most resistant victims. He had no reason to suspect deception. He listened to the human talk about the hero, their accomplishments, and their mission, and panicked. He ordered his flagship engine shut down, only to be informed that the hero had already infiltrated another ship to do the same. By the end of it, the entire invasion armada was floating dead in space under the orders from its own admiral. When reinforcements arrived, the poor Hinamada was little more than a mass sitting marks, ready for the hunter's net. You see, the dreaded Lyth had one weakness, a weakness that we, the Siyoti, and our brothers Alanki had more than suited to take advantage of. A weakness that has caused the Lyth to despise us more than any other race that opposed them and a weakness that the humans understand enough that we and the lackey now recognize them as our third brothers. The life do not understand puns. Their thinking is almost exclusively binary. To them, the fact is either true or is not. Their culture of domination and obedience simply does not allow for such nebulous concepts as, from a certain point of view, they barely grasp maybe and then mostly from a theoretical viewpoint. Faced with statements that contain multiple meanings, even their vaunted powers are compelled the truth from the victims can be thwarted. Which is why the more humans began regaling Lith commanders of impossible things the hero had done, or was currently doing. The Lith believed them. Siota and Lanky agents picked up the joke readily and reported operations the hero was undertaking with great fervor and barely restrained laughter. Even other races, while not versed in humor, picked up on the joke and it spread. Almost overnight, the Lith Empire collapsed into chaos, chasing phantom reports of a hero that their compulsion powers assured them had to be true. In fact, many legitimate stealth, infiltration, and sabotage operations on our side began to officially attribute it to the hero, which only further fueled the light's newfound paranoia. The hero could be everywhere, do anything, and vanish without even the slightest trace afterwards. Eventually, the light sued for peace, demanding only that the hero meet them to sign the treaty. Our side agreed readily and sent a diplomatic vessel containing only the hero and the treaty. I'd like to say I can only imagine the looks on their faces when they boarded an empty ship containing only a treaty already signed by the hero. But I can't because every member of the Alliance made sure of that the recording devices of all types captured the moment. The recorded reality is more glorious than anything I could have imagined honestly. The light spooked beyond belief signed the treaty, practically ran back to their own ship, and got on as far away as they could. 
I'm told that there are no less than a thousand fruitless security sweeps and bioscrubs on their way back home, convinced that the hero had infiltrated their ship. The most amusing thing is that they were right. To this day, their life still haven't caught on. I'm told they're still chasing phantoms of their own worlds, desperately trying to find the hero and get rid of them before they even think of attempting a galactic conquest again. And so, this is the tale behind this moment. This empty pedestal covered with graffiti declaring the hero's name in more languages than a sapient could hope to learn in their lifetime. This is a monument to nobody. Now shake up and spray paint real good. After all, the hero deserves only the utmost disrespect from us all. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.